This is called I've Got a Craving for Ice Cream. Well, I've got a craving for a decent poet. I think we're both going to have to do with that. <laughs> In the studio, I have Sylvia and Marsha. Yeah, what up, people? Hello, Dookie listeners. As well as a very scared Irene Dover. Oh, hello, Dookie. Oh, you're so lovely. It's so good to see you, Dookie. You're so lovely. Thanks yes. very much. And, and I'm sure all your listeners is lovely too, but probably not as lovely as you is. That's all kinds of sweet. Incidentally, Dover really is Irene's surname. That wasn't a 1950s-style joke. But, How is uh, that a joke, then, me last name? Well, it isn't to me, but obviously, you know, Irene Dover... I don't Dover. understand, though. It's a joke. Why would it be a joke, Dookie? I understand that you've had some occurrences happening at your house which come oh, under the paranormal awful. category. Yeah, just awful. It's been awful, Dookie. I've had a poltermie ghost in the ass. A poltergeist. Uh, yeah, that's what I said, a poltermie ghost. Poltergeist. We will talk about that a little bit later. The theme for this week's show is the best title we've ever forgot. Yeah, you really should write these things down. You are right about that. I think we may have had a poltergeist here at the Dookie Radio Show HQ. In in that we had a brilliant title for this particular show and as if by accident or as if by paranormal intervention it was taken from us and not just me personally but also Marsha and Sylvia. Dookie, you would think that between the three of us that we really could actually remember the title and the theme that we came up with. Because the three of us came up with it together at our our weekly meeting and for the show. And since then, things have happened, which is why we haven't been on the air. And we've all forgotten it. And it's just terrible. It was really good, though. The title was... It was excellent. I do remember it being excellent. One of those kind of fantastic, typical Dookie radio show entities. Yet, we've forgotten it. It's as though we were haunted. Yes, yeah, still don't, don't, our... you, don't you don't you teach people how to, you know, be more organized and stuff like that? This is true. But, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, it is like, you know, I don't listen to what I say, listen to what I do. Can you listen to what people do? You can now. Regardless of whether or not you're able to audibly take in what people do, arguably blind people do that on a regular basis we still have no title so we've opted for the folks we are clueless apologies approach dookie i think we should talk about how many drugs you've been on lately i've been taking a lot of things you've been on a lot of drugs because i you know i think it's kind of weird you know sylv lost her voice when was that was that when was that 
That was back in January. So back in January, and then five months later, you get the same thing where you lost your voice. Yes. So that's why we haven't been able to do a show. I just had enough drugs in me to get through a very important gig, which saw me doing not one, but two gigs back to back in which I was on the microphone doing lead vocals and to have experienced the vile reality of being a horse and very squeaky the night before this particular Double Trouble concert took place was quite frightening and uh, thanks maybe to you too. Maybe you stole your voice, didn't they? Maybe, yes. The the poltergeist may have actually entered my larynx just and voice terrible. box and yeah. just put a, a closed for business sign up there. But thanks to Lemsip, whiskey, cayenne Some pepper, vicious. honey. Was, yeah, but what was that vicious green stuff? I mean, that stuff looked like... That stuff looked like that what people think that absinthe looks like, but it actually doesn't. You know, where where you think that it looks like pure evil in a glass. It looked a bit like a creme de menthe. And, uh, yeah, which, let's face it, is pure evil in a glass. It is, particularly the hangover the next uh, day. Yeah. If you've ever been ill uh, after imbibing that, it's yeah, uh, that's, definitely uh, something to remember. Yeah, minty fresh. Uh, that I do remember. This week's title, not so... Not so good about. So what? Yeah, what was that stuff? Moxie from the musical outfit Ms. Moxie, who I play with, gave it to me and did that kind of nudge, nudge, wink, wink. This may not be legal in this country. Nod to me, and she mentioned something about complete and total numbing taking place. And yeah, all right. while it helped to curtail the pain in my throat it didn't necessarily bring my voice back um, it's very much about uh, treating the pain rather than the actual cause of why people lose their voice like but I have to say it got me through a number of rehearsals it, it's um, I'd make you feel better didn't you? in what way she's so lovely anywhere you'd like me to right. anyway to you're so beautiful thank you Yes, beautiful. So wonderful. So between all of these herbal remedies, traditional over-the-counter remedies, which in this particular case involved copious amounts of ibuprofen, paracetamol, slightly dodgy, legitimate medications, the green stuff. N-acetyl-15. Yes, this is something that you gave to me, Sylvia. This woman's got boxes of the of the supplements, and you know we're not talking like your your vitamin C, you know your Flintstones multivitamins. This woman's got some crazy ass stuff. Yes, it's, it's the N acetyl fifteen. Is this what they give to people who have OD'd? Yes, they do give it to people who have OD'd in the emergency room to clear out their liver so that they don't die. But the thing that I find fascinating is that you can just buy it over the counter, and it's very good for phlegm. I was decidedly yes, phlegmy before uh, doing these gigs, and in addition to the the particular Sunday, the twenty. The, 4th of May outing, I'd also been doing some work just as a bass player with Ms. Moxie, as well as Repair to Ruin. So I'd been quite busy, not to mention all of the rehearsals leading up to this Double Trouble vocal performance. And um, I 
I was quite desperate. By the time Saturday the 23rd came round and I was less than 24 hours away from showtime and the fact that I was a squeaky mess. You're here now, Dookie. I'm here now. I made it. You're here now, although I do hear that you've had, had another problem this weekend. Yes. A problem of uh, a different end of your your lovely self. Yes. So you've had a problem at one end last weekend, and then this weekend you're having another problem at another end. Yes. Yes. So how is that working out for you? The trots came, oh, they went. So far, so good. I think I'm okay. What I... you need now is some Saccharomyces boulardii. Mm. See, I told you, the woman's got crazy stuff. Well, it's just a probiotic. It's, it's supposed to be helpful. I think I'm going to feed you some Saccharomyces boulardii. Other... Yeah, there are other probiotics. <laughs> other podcasts talk about imbibing in too much alcohol or, shall we say, general recreational drugs. We, however, embrace it... probiotics, yeah, but what gave herbal you the, remedies. What gave you the craps, though? What... Were you doing something, you know, that you shouldn't have been? No, my diet inherently is quite good. Yeah, go on. What was it? What were you imbibing? It's really unrock and roll. Yeah, go- yeah. What was it? You were you were hitting the I don't know the tequila slammer no, or something. No, you had you had a ropey kind of you know what do you people call them a kebab. No. What, what is that? You had a ropey vegetarian kebab. Uh, you no. had some, you had, uh, when you were rocking and rolling home last night. What, go on, fess up, Dookie. I had dodgy milk that may have accompanied Bless your my heart. tea. Right. Did, did you, you had, you had some dicey milk. That's right. Right. And did, did you not, could you not tell? No. Do you not sniff it first? You got to sniff it. Right. What had happened, actually, is that yesterday morning, I made some scrambled eggs on toast. And in order to get the eggs nice and fluffy, I add a little bit of milk. Right. And that milk had been perfectly pleasant very early yesterday morning when I made some tea. Oh. Now, the the eggs turned out absolutely fine. And I was eating the eggs and realised... I should have some tea with this. Isn't this riveting conversation? Yeah, it's, and, well, it's rock and roll through and through. You know, you're a regular Keith Richard. And when I was making my tea to accompany my breakfast, um, having consumed at that stage all of the scrambled eggs, um, I discovered that the milk curdled when I added it to my PG tips. And alarm bells rang rang a little bit. I thought, well, this can't kill you. And ultimately, no, it didn't. But uh, I did feel like grim death at about five this morning. Ah, Dookie, that's not good. That's not good. You know, always sniff the milk. Oh, you got to sniff it. Always. You know, it's different over here than it is in the States. Because in the States, you know, you you get a gallon of milk, it lasts you forever. You know, you know, you could drink that in 15 years and still be good. I don't know what they do to it, but that's that's the deal. Over here, you buy these little ditty, these little ditty things of milk, right? And, you know, before you, you know, you use it once and then all of a sudden it's like, it's like cheese the next day. It's... Oh, yeah. <coughs> 
I think you might need some probiotics. See what's happened to me? You give me it's spreading. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it. I I don't like it. Everywhere I go, people are coughing and sneezing, and I'm covering myself with antibacterial gel. The thing is, when I had the my first cup of tea of the morning, the milk was absolutely fine. But over a space of two hours, see what I mean? Shit happened. Yeah, well, yeah, and then and then shit was definitely happening by the sounds of it. It's as though the milk decided. You know what? It's time to go. Let's curdle this motherfucker. And then I'm having a coffee this morning and I got women sitting next to me discussing their their fibroids. I'm like, come on, people. You know, is anybody, can we just not, you know, can everybody stop being sick, please? Because frankly, you know, they're sitting right next to me. And they're, and they're, you know, they're going into great detail about their fibroids. And I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to eat my croissant here. You like the way I say that, Dookie? Croissant. Very French. Very you like French. That? Yes. So, you know, everybody just needs to stop being sick. That's what I'm saying. I hear you. I agree. I hear you. I, I, I definitely agree. Irene, let's yes, discuss does, your recent infestation. Yeah, it sounds like you've been having a problem in a different way. It's been awful. Just terrible. Oh, terrible, now, terrible. Now, Poltergeist, are you using hyperbole a, here? A terrible Poltergeist. Awful. A Poltergeist that's just... Oh, it's awful, Dookie. Did you happen to see, Irene, that show... I don't know if you guys saw it, but that, that show that was on about the real haunting that happened in London in the 1970s. The Enfield Haunting. Yeah, so that was a very interesting, where they had a poltergeist, and it was, it was, it was like poltergeist a movie, only apparently it was real. And, because, and it was like the movie because the poltergeist was tormenting the young girl in the family. And just doing all sorts of horrible things to her. And I thought it was really quite good. It got a terrible reviews in the newspaper, but I thought that... It, did you like it, Dookie? Did you see it? I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm a big Timothy Spall fan, so if he's in it, for the most part, I'm converted. And the little girl was very good. I thought the... Well, both of the girls, I, I thought, were absolutely brilliant. I don't brilliant. know about all that. All I know is that I've been being haunted, and it, it's... Every Friday night, right, I've been haunted by this poltergeist and it's just awful. So this poltergeist only visits your home and it, it is your home that we're it talking about. It is in my home, that's right, in Bucknell, so, Bucknell Green, so East End, East End, London, where I'm from, through and through East End, we, through and through, cockney, 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 I, through and through. Via... France and Belgium. Yeah, that anyway. ain't true. That ain't true. So, Bethnal Green, yes. E2. Yes. A poltergeist has been making its presence known yes. at your abode. Every Friday night. Every Friday night for weeks and weeks. Now. It's terrible. Like in the Enfield Haunting, the paranormal occurrences didn't just take place one day out of the week. So yes. yours is well, quite mornings. an interesting dynamic. Yes. Uh, every Friday, every other night of the week, it's fine. But uh, every Friday night, I've been haunted by a poltergeist. Poltergeist. Now, can you describe what has been occurring? Well, Number one, why do you think it's a poltergeist and... 
what is happening on Friday night that well, isn't occurring every other on night a of Friday the week. in my ass is me and Roy, it's me and Roy's kebab night, isn't it? Right. I, I'm not concerned so much about what you both get up to. Roy, incidentally, is Irene's other half. Uh, it's your, me husband. Her husband. I'm not worried so much about what you do socially, but what is hap- what's happening to your house? I mean, come Oh, we- okay. So, Dookie, so what happens is on the Friday night, we have kebab night, right? Me and Roy. And then what happens is that we go to bed, right? And everything's fine. You wouldn't know that this Baltimore ghost is anywhere, right? You go to bed as you do any other night of the week and... And then what happens, right, is everything's fine, right, and everything, we go to bed and go to sleep, you know, as you do, and then I get haunted by this unholy smell. You get haunted by an It's an unholy smell. It's unholy smell. Pure evil comes straight from evil, evil. It's Elish Dookie. Awful smell. My word. So this poltergeist, this poltergeist, poltergeist, he comes in and he starts haunting us. He's, How do you know that it's a he? Well, ain't they all these? No. You wouldn't get a she poltergeist, would you? In the Enfield haunting, it, it was a girl who was haunting the place, wasn't it? No, Dookie, I do believe it was the, well, I don't know, spoiler alert, so if you want to see it and you haven't seen it yet, you know, you might want to turn off now, but it wasn't it the old man who lived there Oh, before. yes, but... Like in the movie. But the Timothy Spall's character... Oh, yes, he's, his daughter. His daughter did make an appearance. This is true. Can I also say something Hello, else? Hello, old man. Yes, that is true, but she wasn't an evil presence, so was she. But still... I wasn't actually frightened of her. So a poltergeist is specifically evil? Well, aren't they evil? I, I think they're evil. I mean, to be fair, like, I've been this in a band... I've been in a band with people who aren't that evil, and then when you hear the car turn up or you hear a knock at the door, I'll say, oh, they're here. Oh... Dookie, can I just say one more thing? What? Um, for our listeners in North America, uh, can I, do you mind if I just translate? Yes. I have to translate. Kebab means yero. Right. Yes. So what if, if Irene, Irene, if you and Roy are having kebab night in the States, that would be called yero night. Is that where they shave the meat? Oh, I don't know what they do with it. It's just kebabs. And yeah, what kind of kebabs? I mean, there are different types of kebabs. Yeah, where they do, Shish, they, they, they donna, do the big shavy lamb. shavy. Yeah, mm. where they shave it. And, right. and Roy likes his with extra onions and chilli sauce, don't they? Right. So you have so a... Ke- I don't know what they call it in other, other places. But here, you know, what we call it is kebab, isn't it? With chilli sauce and the onions. Right. And you only have a kebab once a week. We have it on Fridays. And... It's kebab night, innit? Irene, have you put two and two together with regards to... And then to... we go to bed, right? And then, so, what we was doing a few weeks ago was we was watching that ghosty, ghosty movie with the Harry Potter, right? You know that one with the Harry Potter? 
You know, that Harry Potter and he goes into, you know, he's all grown up now and he goes into the ghosty, ghosty, oh, haunted ass. the woman in the black house. Yeah, the house that with one the with the Harry woman. Potter. Yes. So we watch that, right, and he's all getting all the ghosty ghosties. And that's the night that the Potomac ghost appeared in the, in the ass. Right, he appears right in my bedroom, which I just say is the bloody cheek of him, the bare-faced cheek it is. Coming into my bedroom and creating their evil, evil smells. Now, the- do you not think that's a bare-faced cheek, Dookie? I'm just taking it all in now. Yes. I mean. Now, in the woman in black, Radcliffe's character is indeed faced with poltergeists head-on. Now, yeah, your and particular that's when we got one, isn't it? And your particular experience is nose on. And occurs on the same evening that you like clockwork and your husband go and get you back. Every Friday. It's just so... Well, what I think it is is that the Potomac ghost, he must have other places to haunt on the other days of the week, right? So I just must fit in on the Fridays. Right. So what happened was is that Roy, the first night I, I woke him up, right... And I told him, Roy, there must be a Potomac ghost in the ass because of the unholy evil smells, right? So I made him go downstairs and search out for the Potomac ghost. And he falls asleep on the sofa, right? Mm. And it really helped because then the smell wasn't there no more. So Roy was in the sitting room sleeping. Yes. And you were spared... And then that made the, the Poltermigos go away, right? Mm. So then, because it must have known that Roy was on watch then, right? So Roy was looking at for this Poltermigos. Is Roy also experiencing the poltergeist in the same way you are? I don't know, are. it's so funny. It's, it ain't funny. You wait till it happens to you, Dookie. I don't hope it doesn't because you're such a lovely, lovely boy. But if it did, I can assure you, you won't find it to be funny at all. And now Roy doesn't, he hasn't seen or smelled it at all. But he believes me, and that's why he goes down to this living room and watches out for the Potomac ghost. So that at least I don't, I can get some sleep then. Because I need my beauty sleep, don't I? Now, I am by no means a paranormal expert, but I'm willing to take a stab at a theory. Yeah, uh, Dookie, I think I know where you might be. Well, let's just, let's, Hang on, wait, wait, before we we take a stab at the theory. Now, I presume... Yeah, I know what it is, it's a potomy ghost. Yes, Uh, Irene? And then it came back this last Friday. And let me guess, it it came back when Roy was back in the conjugal bed with you. Yeah, of course it came back to bed and then I'll get woken up with a horrible, horrible smell. And then I said to him, well, the last time it went away when you went downstairs into the sitting room and then it went away again. So you'll have to do that again and that's what happened. So do you feel that this particular ghost has an issue with Roy directly? I think it's awful. I think it's awful. Roy isn't smelling these intrusions. No, but he knows it's These paranormal there. intrusions in the way you are. He knows I make up stories. He knows me. We've been married for a long, long time. He knows I wouldn't tell stories. And has a week ever gone by in which, or has a Friday night ever gone by in which you haven't opted for a kebab? 
No, for all you know, it's kebab noughts. And so how long, how long has this paranormal presence left its, shall we say, legacy? Well, I, I mean, it's always been there, but it's only since I saw the, the Harry Potter ghosty ghosty movie that I realised that it was a Potemy ghost. So by this seeing... This unholy smell. So we've been naughty since 1973 right. by this Potemy ghost. So they should make a, sh- uh, a movie about us. Right. So in 1973, you started... Frequenting the local kebabberie, which yes. sought you out with your donna. Yes. And many, many moons later, in 2012, The Woman in Black featuring Harry Potter. Yes. Daniel Radcliffe is released. Yes. It's shown on our television screens quite recently. Yes. And, and it was only through seeing this it. that you put two and two together yes. and realised that the vile stench that you've been experiencing yes, each terrible. and every kebab night since Awful. 1973 Awful. is in fact the work of it's a, a poltergeist. Right. It's all in May. It's awful, dokey, and very, very frightening. And Roy enjoys extra onions, you say? He does. What does that, What on earth does that have to do with the poltergeist? I just like to know what condiments people opt for. It's interesting to me. I watch cooking shows and stuff like that. And um, and you also, if I heard you correctly indicated that he likes chilli sauce with his kebab. He loves his chilli sauce. Oh, so bet. he goes to town with that stuff. It's, I think it's horrible. Absolutely horrible. Isn't it foreign? Right. Isn't it foreign is something that chilli sauce. Yes. Now, Sylvia and Marsha, yeah. you both have been very quiet. What is your take on this paranormal intrusion? Well, uh, Irene, I don't want to... You know, I don't know. I think maybe you're not. I let me just. Can I just put in? I think you might be haunted by the the poltergeist of Bumland. Oh, Bumland is most definitely. Oh, is that a different kind, Dean? Is that a different kind of poltergeist? ghost? It's slightly different. It doesn't mean you any harm. Oh. You know that, Dean. I've done a lot of reading because I'm quite interested in ghost, ghost-like things. I, you know, I'm not sure I believe in them because, but you know, it would be nice to know that you know they're around. It, it would be fun, maybe if they're not evil. And Irene, I just have to assure you that from all my reading, I think it's the ghost of Bumland, and they're very benign ghosts. Oh, I don't know what that means, benign. What? What? They're nine of them. Are you saying there's nine ghosts? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Benign meaning I, I don't think they mean you any harm. It means that they're just... They're just kind of hanging around. Do they hang around? Oh, but, they're hanging around. But they're not going to hurt y- yourself or Roy. Oh, okay. Well, that might make me feel any... It might make me feel better. Does that mean Roy still needs to go sleep on the sofa? Well, it might help. Just on a Friday. Just on a Friday night. Maybe it might help if he just decides to bunk down on the sofa, make it your thing. 
And that's just your Friday night thing. So you have kebabs and then Roy bunks down on the sofa. And think of it as, you know, it might put the heat back under your loving type relations because you think of it as you're spending a night apart oh that's a good idea it will be removing some heat from beneath the duvet as well yeah dookie i'm thinking you're not taking this really very seriously dookie what do you mean you're not taking it seriously i'm being haunted by it that's it uh, you know what i no if you ain't gonna take me seriously i know you're a lovely boy and everything but if you ain't taking me seriously that's I'm just going to take me pot and me ghost and I'm going to leave. I'll see you all later. What's this? Facebook. Click on your mouse to our Facebook page. Facebook. Easy to find, it will not take an age. Facebook www.facebook.com forward slash The Dukey Radio Show, The Dukey Radio Show. The thin white Dukey is right. Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page www.facebook.com forward slash the dukey radio show the dukey radio show the dukey radio show back by popular demand it's cover of a cover hey Gwendolyn that ballroom sure looks swell Here's a tune so nice you're gonna wanna draw sweet nothings on the back of your ration book. Here we go. It's a cover, of a cover, of a cover, of a cover, a cover, of a cover, of a cover, of a cover, a cover, of a cover, of a cover, of a cover. It's a cover, of a cover, and a cover, of a cover. It's a cover of a cover. Do you get it? Yeah. Okay. Enough said. Get me Glenn Miller on the phone. Hey, what? Is he missing? What? What gives? It's a cover of a cover. What we do is to take a famous song such as which most people out there in Radioland might not realise is in fact a cover of a far less successful original version. We'll wax lyrical about the famous version. I like Tiffany, she was fit. She used to like perform in like shopping malls and stuff. Years before Avril Levine or whatever her name is. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to be alone with her. We'll then play a generous helping of the original version, which in this particular case is Tommy James and the Shondells. Children behave. That's what they say when we're together. We'll then round everything up by playing a sexy, full-length version of a cover of a cover which in this particular case is Snuff, with their unique take on I Think We're Alone Now. And that is what Cover of a Cover is all about. We're going back to the early 80s, the band The Go-Go's. Belinda Carlisle is still a woman of substance. Jane Weedlin 
the rhythm guitarist from the band, at that particular stage would have no idea of the excellent journey she would be taking with both Bill and Ted a number of years later. And bass player Kathy Valentine, still chumsy with the gang. The tune, Vacation. Incidentally, with a high-profile single like this, the production and arrangement is done in such a way that, well, the phrase, don't bore us, get to the chorus comes to mind. Not with Vacation, however. Here is a snippet of the track, but still a long snippet nonetheless. Now, the Go-Go's made that track famous, but it's a cover. Well, a cover of sorts. Bass player from the Go-Go's, Kathy Valentine, had been in a band called The Textones, and they had an early incarnation of Vacation, which is an embryonic track that contains all the hooks one would associate with the more famous Go-Go's take on the tune. This one is a bit more rough and ready, but also a bit more short, sharp and to the point as well. I like it.
that was the Textones there from 1980, featuring a pre-Go-Go Kathy Valentine. This original version was later thrown into the Go-Go's pot and became a co-write with Charlotte Caffey and Jane Weedland from the band. But as you can see here, the structure and melodies remained pretty much intact. Very much a case of change a word, earn a third. Indeed, this dynamic eventually festered and Cathy Valentine went on to sue her fellow Go-Go's in 2008 on the eve of a reunion tour. Things, oh, they got ugly. But not too ugly as a settlement was made out of court. Perhaps someone just needed a vacation. And here's a ska punk band from Missouri, USA called MU330 with their take on the text tones or Go-Go's. Choose which one you want. Classic.
card. Uh, this week, Dookie, uh, I was uh, out and about, as you people say. Um, I don't know why you can't just say out. It's always got to be followed up with and about. So, you know, that's what I was. I was in the uh, West End, you know, just kind of dabbling about there, you know, doing some stuff. It uh, doesn't really matter. Uh, I think it was pretty boring kind of stuff. And there's a lot of tourists out now. Uh, I don't know if people who live on the continent actually have jobs or, you know, go to school or anything. Because it seems like they're always in London. The place is always cram-jammed with tourists and, you know. So I'm kind of in the West End and I'm kind of elbowing my way through crowds of tourists and I see a couple of women and I see this other couple, this guy and this gal kind of pointing at these these two women and I, I, I'm looking at the two women going, what is it about them that makes people these people pointing at them and I didn't really notice anything, they were just normal looking women, right? They nothing special about them and the, I didn't hear the gal. She said something about him. But then the guy said something, which is uh, what I overheard. Uh, they're not lesbians. They're German. Shaving in that fake. But I'm thinking of freezing me eggs now, isn't I? Yeah, boy! Uh, yeah. I think I might have got whiplash in the posh pit. Oh, it really is so high octane, isn't it, this posh pit? No! This instalment of posh pit sadly has to start with some tragic news. Fans of the show Grange Hill may have heard that actor Terry Sue Pat passed away. He played the character Benny Green. I have no idea what this show is. Now, in a way, the fact that you're here helps our international listeners. I barely know what it is. Isn't it's, it, was it in the 80s? Yes, although I think the show carried on into the 90s. Right. Grange Hill, I suppose for our listeners in North America, the closest facsimile would be the Canadian show Degrassi High. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. I, I've heard of Degrassi High, but I have never watched it. But, you know, it's about very much so following... like a soap opera for teenagers. Yes. Right. Set in a school. Right. Occasionally with the odd comedy moment here and there, but for the most part, exploring the nitty and gritty of adolescent life. Right. Now... So it I, wasn't like Saved by the Bell or anything? No. Right. Saved by the Bell was just comedy through and through. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, debatable, but yeah... I suppose some other North American references would be My So-Called Life, for instance, with 
which starred a young Claire yeah, Danes. Okay. See, the only reason I've heard... And Jared Leto. Oh, did it? Yes. The, the only reason I've heard of Grange Hill is because you can't live in this country and not know about Grange Hill because didn't a lot of child stars from that show then use that as a gateway into other things? Absolutely. Like one of the people who used to be on EastEnders. Yes, the um, Todd Carty yes. who played Mark Fowler. He played a character called Tucker on Grange Hill, which enjoyed its own spin-off show, Tucker's Luck. But wow, we're not sounds... here to talk about Grange yeah, Hill. Yeah, why are we talking about this thing? Now, the fact that uh, Terry Sue Pat had passed away, his untimely death came up in conversation with Ed Sonsino, guitar player from both Top Dude. Buzzer and Ms. Moxie, yes? Let me just ask you a question. Mm. Posh Pit... Yes. Which is where we're at at the moment. Yes. Let's face it. Without Ed, this segment would be a little thin, isn't it? Because he is indeed very posh, such as yourself. Yes. So if it wasn't for him, there would be a dearth of things to talk about on Posh Pit. I would probably just quote myself, but yes, that's a bit... Much. Although I have to say, self-indulgent. Harking back to what we were talking about in scintillating situations, when I went to see this one Beckett play where we all sat in the dark, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but when we were all taking our seats, a very posh woman next to me said to her friend, "Of course, I have actually seen this in four different languages." Oh bless! And I thought, I don't know the difference between posh and pretentious, but I think she's walking a very fine line between the two. Oh, I think that's a P and P. So you know, there there are people in England who do say very posh things, but Ed is just a minefield for them, isn't he? Absolutely. Yes. Now, I arrived at this rehearsal. I was setting things up. And strangely enough, it was Ed who brought up the passing of Terry Sue Pat. And I think I echoed, you know, the fact that it, it was, you know, what a shame. I think he was only 50 years old or so. And then yeah, Ed chimed sad. in with, I wasn't allowed to to watch Grange Hill and I asked Ed you know why is it too nitty and gritty is it too real too real to you know possibly exploring issues that Mr and Mrs Sonsino felt unsuitable oh yeah like an after school special yeah you know where they you know they explore like you know drugs and and you know teen pregnancy and stuff absolutely the nitty and gritty of adolescent life in in greater London I asked Ed about this, and he said, oh, no, dear boy. My parents just thought that Grange Hill was too common. Please do not do the screamies. We are only here to explore the scintillating situations happening in your city. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome to Scintillating Situations in Your City with Sylvia Silversmith. Hello, Sylvia. Hello, Dookie. Hello, Dookie listeners. What have you got in store for us this week? Dookie, I've got two ends of the spectrum in terms of things to do. Yes. One is what I would consider maybe a little niche, maybe for people who like things that are a little bit more highbrow, I suppose. I'm not trying to, you know, put people on a hierarchy, but... 
you know, people who just like stuff that's kind of not easy to get into. And then something else on the other end of the spectrum, which is easy peasy. Right. So the first one... Something niche and something easy peasy. Yes, I'm not trying... Well, Lemon squeezy. All, well, what do you know about Beckett? Beckett. I know that Beckett himself liked uh, a tipple. Yes. I know that pretty much every work he's associated with is rife with darkness. Yes. And that some of his productions are unorthodox in how they've been yes. realised. And Have you seen any packages? I have, yes. Which one have you seen? I saw Waiting for Godot. Ah, yes. Very... And what did you think? I found it to be quite an amazing production. That said, I was front row. And when I say ah, front row... Very good. I could have rested my feet on the stage. Oh, that's very good. And Sir Ian McKellen... <gasps> was in front of me for the duration as well as famous West End actor Ron Pullman and it was uh, an absolutely brilliant production. How highbrow are you, Dookie? I found it to be hard going. It it isn't easy viewing by any stretch of the imagination. I'm glad that I did it. Yes. Would you go again, Dookie? I don't no. think so. Okay. I'd need to have my arm twisted. I think that's fair enough. I'm glad that I experienced it, though, and it gets referenced in popular culture so it much. Does. To be ignorant is is simply should never be an option by, by choice when oh, it comes to that. Oh, bless you, Dookie. You're so earnest. But, um, no, it wasn't for me. Never again. Bless you. Well, it is Beckett season here in London at the Barbican. That's certainly niche. And Dookie, I don't know, but I'm going to go. And I don't know why. I don't know why I'm going to go. Because I saw one of his, or three of his plays last year. And I didn't understand any of it. I don't know if I actually spoke about it on this show. But I went and I went to Cambridge to see it. I don't know why I went to Cambridge, but I did. And I had to go on my own because nobody would go with me. Um, And I don't blame them. But three of his plays and where it was really dark. Because as you say, he has quite unconventional ways of, of staging his plays. And even though he's sadly no longer with us, they still have to be staged in these very particular ways. And this one... They even warned us at the beginning that it was it, that would be pitch black. And you know when you go see a show and it might be pitch black, but you can still see like the fire exit sign or the toilet sign, mm. or you know like a little little chink of light coming in through the door or something like that. None of that in this. None of that, Dookie. And I am not necessarily one for being scared of the dark or claustrophobic or anything like that. But I was starting to think, oh, my God, I can't breathe. And what will this complete stranger next to me do if I actually grab her out of comfort? And that's how dark it was. That's and bloody dark. So you get the you get the one play where people might know it, where you just see the woman's mouth. Have you ever mm. seen? You know about that. Where yes. You just see the mouth. And she rants for like 10 minutes. And then the whole, and you can barely see her. 
and her lips. And then it goes dark because it's then they're gonna start another play. And it, it and you sit in this pitch, pitch, pitch black for a good five or six minutes. And I'll tell you what, that was a long five or six minutes. It sounds it. Mm. So I must there must be something quite masochistic about me because I'm going to see it again and I have no idea why. I really have no idea. You're quite earnest yourself. Am I being earnest? I'm very sorry, but there's something... I don't know what it is, but anyway, so I just wanted to tell people that there is Beckett season on at the Barbican. If you're into Beckett, because you don't know, Dookie, you don't know. Listeners might hear that and go, oh my word, I really need to go see some Beckett. Or they might decide, like Marcia and I are going to do, is they're just going to sit at home and wait for the next season of Dog Hotel to start. You know, it could be that. Absolutely, yes. I suppose that in one's cultural makeup, it's good to have Beckett. It's akin to barbecue sauce. Now, in every great barbecue sauce, there is an acidic element. In order to provide that bite. Yes. In most cases, it's vinegar. So in some ways, Beckett can be the vinegar in the barbecue sauce of your cultural life. You need some Beckett in your life, maybe, or maybe you don't. I'm not sure that I necessarily do, but I have this compulsion to go sit in the dark and be rented at by an amazing actress. And then, Dookie, I think what I'll do is drop around at yours afterwards and we can watch that segment on For the Love of Cars that features the Spaniel Cab. Talk to me, people. The Spaniel Cab. Oh, my days. There is a show called For the Love of Cars, which is aimed at petrol heads, very much going for the Top Gear demographic. Yes. It's a more fluffy affair, and it centers around celebrating a specific type of car. They find a dilapidated, knackered version of said car, in which they do it up and it gets sold to auction with all the proceeds going to the family who own said vehicle and in most cases... usually family in need. For families in need. So it's a a feel-good show. And in celebrating the warriors of the British road, uh, they covered black cabs and in particular the fairway cars and interviewed an owner of a fairway car, uh, a retired black cab, um, which is being used in a very interesting manner. It's being used by a dog walker to transport her dogs. <gasps> and in the, the feature in this particular episode of For the Love of Cars, it was... Um, Yes, there were a lot of Spaniels in this vehicle. Oh, Dookie, I'm so glad you had me and Marcia around to watch that. Marcia wasn't quite so impressed as you and I were because we kept pausing it. And it t- so what was originally like a five-minute segment took us, what, like 25 minutes to get through? Because we kept pausing it to cluck and coo over the dogs. And Marcia was getting rather impatient. But yes, it was a cab full of Spaniels, and they had one terrier who was lovely. And then somewhere along the way... A they, rogue greyhound. They managed to acquire a greyhound. So, Dookie, 
I think after Beckett, if you don't mind, I'm going to, because I think I'm going to see it in the evening and I'm going on my own again. So I'm going to be sitting in the dark and then I'm going to come out and I'm going to be in the dark again. The last time I saw it, it was a matinee. So I came out and I was in the light. And so it was okay. But this time I'm going to come out and I might be a little creeped out. So I think I'm going to come around and watch that segment with you again. And we'll just cut a clock and coo over the Spaniels and wish that the woman who runs that business was my sister. Absolutely. For people who are interested. Yes. It's for the love of cars. And this particular installment centers around the Ford Transit van. So if you can find that, it's quite recent. I think it only aired last week. It is worth checking out, if only to see a bunch of dogs inside a retired black cab. Dookie, do you want a second thing? So, Beckett season goes for the length of June, and they're having all kinds of things about Beckett at the Barbican. So, but if you don't want to do that, and I wouldn't blame you if you didn't, but if you do, you know, respect to you and enjoy and have fun, and maybe I'll see you there. I have another thing to do that has no time limit on it, although you do, again, have to be in London for this. Dookie, oh, and this is for Marcia as well. If you like coffee, there is a coffee house, and I'm presuming it's new, I'm not sure, but there is a coffee house called The Attendant that is a disused men's toilet. Right. Or bathroom. Oh, hence Lou Attendant. Yes. And Dookie, don't you just love Google Maps? I love Google Maps because when I was trying to look and find out where this was exactly. And don't you love on Google Maps where they not only give you the little pointer as to where it is you see here, Mm. but they also so they just don't point you to the street. But it also says the attendant subterranean coffee bar and former toilet. (laughs) Former toilet. Do you love that, Dookie? So then, you know, you click on it and you get the picture. And I just love the way Google Maps does this type of thing. Look, Dookie, you sit at the bar, right? And And the bar has little divisions on it, like between you and the person next to you Brilliant. that look like former toilets don't they they look like actual toilets they definitely Doesn't kept look the like a WC urinal? theme yes. yes it's like those are what urinals look like right yes old 1920s or 1930s ones I need to they go there they really knew how to piss in those days they, they didn't there used to be an Indian restaurant in Whitechapel that was a toilet no, yes. not, not like literally like the place was disgusting but like they had transformed an yes. old public toilet on the corner of Whitechapel High Street and Valence Road in fact and it was a brilliant oh was it Indian restaurant that place was great she told me about it and she said she went there and she said even though the food was really nice and everything was really nice she still was a little creeped out it's not there anymore is it no maybe lots of people felt like that you know where it was like just the ghost of like maybe hand, they had a poltergeist yeah like hand washing and stuff like that so anyway Dookie I think that you and I need to take Marcia here because you know how she feels about her coffee. where is the attendant oh, yes. subterranean it's, coffee house it's in central London near Good Street it's on uh, it's, it's kind of not far from Regent Street so let me just it's, it's Foley Street F-O-L-E-Y Street W-1-W because that's what you Londoners do, don't you? You give... I love the way you give locations by zip code or postcode. 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 So W1W, Foley Street, not far from Regent Street and Oxford Street intersection. Isn't that fabulous? Don't you think we should go? 
I'm. I think Marcia super would love keen. it. Yes, let's get. I'm up for having a, a hot chocolate there. I'd like to visit a former urinal and enjoy a hot beverage. See, Marcia should have been here for this segment, and you know what she's actually doing? I think she's actually making herself a coffee, and I think she might even be having a cigarette. It's the holy combination. So, Dookie, that's what I think I would suggest. That's what I would definitely suggest. What people need to do in the month of June is I think they need to go sit in the dark with some Beckett. And if you understand any of it, please, please get in touch with me and explain it to me. And if you do that or if you don't do that, go to an old bathroom in the center of London that's been transformed beautifully from what I can tell from the picture. It looks beautiful and lovely and clean and have some nice coffee in an old Victorian bathroom. Sylvia, it has been a slice of niche theatrical production loving inside a WC coffee drinking bit of heaven having you here on the Dookie Radio Show in scintillating situations in your city. Thank you, Dookie. Thank you, Dookie listener. This has been Sylvia Silversmith reporting on scintillating situations in your city. Let's see what slutty Sue is doing in her house. In her house. Let's see what slutty Sue is doing in her house. In her house. Are you done with those mugs? To a mere pedestrian or uninitiated local, Penge may appear to be an unremarkable suburb of London. Neither city nor country, neither posh nor destitute. But in this quiet enclave in the southeastern quarter of our nation's capital is an Art Deco semi-detached house owned and occupied by a North American transplant to Blighty named Slutty Sue. She likes to clean. I popped into Slutty Sue's pristine abode and asked, Slutty Sue, what have you been up to? I bumped into the local priest today. We've been friendly as he heard that I had done some scrubbing for the local vicar. See, he asked me if I could give his mitre a good polishing. After I did, we got to know each other, and so I go to his house for a cup of tea occasionally. So today I went over there and I noticed he had a dusty stick hanging from his mantle. He explained that it's a traditional piece of wood made shiny with butter or lard that would, in the olden days, traditionally be put up your chimney. He said nowadays, though, people keep them as symbols of Irish good luck. I noticed that his was really dirty. So today I've mostly been... Dusting the priest's shillelagh. Shut it down! Well, that's your lot. A late friend of mine used to exclaim that he'd forgotten more than I'd ever know. 
having had a great title vanish from our respective supplies of grey matter here at the Dookie Radio Show gave me a little taste for what my dilly departed mate must have felt like. You've been listening to the greatest title we've ever forgotten. My name is Dookie and I've been your host. May the best of yesterday be the worst of tomorrow. Now it's time for me to go and uh, <clears throat> pop my weasel. Thanks for listening. Half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel. Vacation's all I ever wanted. Vacation and to get away. Vacation meant to be spent.